This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. And my guest is the one, the only, Michael Fisher, Mr. Mobile. Hi, Michael. How are you? Miriam, I am enduring, I, I would say. I have just come off a very exciting road trip. I'm very sad not to still be on it, but being here with you uh, helps ease that sting a little bit because uh, it's been too long, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been almost a year since I have, I think it was May. Yeah. And I was really surprised that you were able to say yes on short notice. Because I was like, okay, uh, you know, OnePlus is a big deal. We it both is. have opinions on cameras and on phones and phone <laughs> cameras. And most importantly, I saw your video, right? And I, I'll put yeah. it in the show notes for people, your review of the 9 Pro. Thank you. And you did something very interesting. So let's talk about all that, basically. I did. Thank you. Well, I, it, I, it really fell into my lap. I, um, you know, I, I'm so curious to know what you think about the the Hasselblad partnership, or what more precisely, what you thought when it first came <laughs> to light. Because <laughs> when it first came to light, I was I was stoked, you know, reflexively, right? Because you're kind of a space nerd like I am, right? Yeah, I mean, you're you're not screwing around here. We're gonna get started right on the Hasselblad, huh? I mean, well, I mean, what what is more exciting to talk about, honestly? Okay, that's true. The rest is all. Kind of like Same you know, par stuff. for the course. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the Hasselblad. Okay. Look, my first feeling was this could go very wrong or could be okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't. Ex- there wasn't an option of this could go very right because I know better. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I don't want to be. No. Look. I. I. It took even Leica's relationship with Huawei a few years to develop into something that I feel is significant. Right. Well. That's why I was chuckling, actually, because you were there the same day we had that very long and and sometimes contentious conversation with Huawei and mm-hmm. Leica, uh, we, where we were basically just grilling them, like 20, 20 media just kind of asking the same question over and over well, again. We didn't pull How any much, punches. No, we sure didn't. There was I, I felt so bad because I remember that one engineer had literally had sweaty armpits after like five minutes of this. I mean, he was nervous. But, you know, we were just asking the same question over and over. How much effort, I mean, excuse me, how much input do you like uh, actually have when it comes to building these cameras? And we got our answers after a while. And, you know, I think I was at the time disappointed. But in retrospect, I don't think anyone gets more involved in terms of camera partners than Leica and, and Huawei and Hasselblad in, in this generation doesn't quite live up to, to that, does no. it? No. I mean, for me, the turning point was the P20 series and that was two years in. We got the P9 with Leica, that was the first. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I was impressed with the color signs. Very much, it's very interesting because the only thing that the initial P9 with Leica brought to the table was color signs. And this is the same deal in many ways. And so... You know, with Leica, though, it was they had the monochrome and the main lens. Those were two lenses on the P9, monochrome, mm-hmm. identical to RGB. And they used together, they got better dynamic range. And you could take some seriously cool, you know, that Leica monochrome vibe. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. It was sweet. And, and that was definitely, they did that right off the bat properly. And then the rest really wasn't that exciting. But they also had that the cool, like, vivid mode like the different color modes that yeah that like emulated a, the like a film and that was like brilliant like i have a fujifilm camera that i love like one of those you know point and shoot uh with all the manual controls uh-huh. and no, no interchangeable lens or anything and i can't remember which model it is but you know it's got like those different like 
film modes from Fuji, like Velvia and stuff. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of that. And so I was, with Hasselblad, I was like, if we can get that to start, that would be great. And I think we did. I mean, unfortunately, we didn't get like film choices. Like we didn't get different versions of the Hasselblad color signs. I guess maybe they only really have one. You know? Yeah, right. And well, I mean, you know, initially I was, you know, I was let down by that. We can kind of get into that a little bit. I did hear an interesting tidbit about this though. And it ties in with what you were just saying. Uh, you're right. It, these partnerships always do start kind of small and slow. Um, and Alex Doby at, on the Android Central podcast mentioned that uh, he had heard that this this partnership really only got off the ground like six months ago. Was wow. uh, I, I don't know. You know, Alex usually doesn't share that unless he's pretty sure about having heard that. And I, but he's nevertheless the only source I've heard that from. So take it with a grain of salt, maybe. But um, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because at that point, you're just locked in on on hardware, as I understand it. Um, so you can't do a thing where, where it's like, oh, well, we only have a six-month runway. You can't do anything on hardware tuning. But well, as OnePlus said repeatedly to me, this is a three-year partnership, and there will be yeah. some hardware s- stuff later on. I did appreciate that their PR team clearly was aware that we would be poking at these <laughs> at these potential holes yes. with big sticks. Yep, and um, <laughs> and they were prepared, and that's to their credit, the best they were, really yeah. they could do. And honestly, look, I actually have no qualms so far with this Hasselblad partnership, and so far that I do notice a difference in color science versus what we had on the previous One Pluses. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's better, but it's different, and it gives them a flavor that's unique to them. You yeah. know. And th- that's important to to call out to. You're right because it's not as though they just paid for the name. You know, it's not. Right. It's not like that, it's which I assume that. is what happened with Virtu back in the day. Oh man! And then you know, also what happened with the Moto Mod? Remember? Oh, the Moto Mod. Ugh. I mean, I can't even believe Hasselblad let their name on that thing. It was essentially a you know Shenzhen special Chinese factory camera mechanism, right, for point and shoots. And the sensor Stuck was an off-the-shelf sensor. Yeah, yeah this is the whole thing, like the optics, the sensor, grafted on a mod, and then the mod just, you know, attach it to your phone. And it was cool, but in terms of image quality, it was actually, I think, worse than the Galaxy S4 Zoom or the Galaxy K Zoom, which was the S5-based. It was pretty Remember rough those? at the time, I do. I, I have seen somebody say that, that that mod got an update after a while, and it really adjusted the adjusted the performance and stuff, but... I did not experience that. Oh, I, I still think have I... the mod, and I still have a Moto Z4. Oh, you should give yeah, give it a shot. I should try it out because yeah, you put it on every, every and one. see if the firmware update fixes it, and then I should do a side by side Moto <laughs> yeah. Moto Mod Hasselblad versus OnePlus Nine Pro Hasselblad. You know, I wish I'd been able to do that with that with the Moon camera, but uh, sadly, when it's a film camera that you're going to see, uh, you know, there's development time and development difficulty and stuff, so couldn't do a side by side with film. I'm going to suggest the audience at this point maybe pauses and goes watch your video, but... Oh, thanks. Tell me, the, he so they left those Hasselblads on the moon, right? Right. So, yeah. We when don't I was... actually have... We know the technical specs and the changes and the things they made, and we have lots of documentation of photos and drawings and you yeah. know, plans, but the actual product is no longer with us, at least not easily accessible. Right, so and yeah, probably de- be destroyed by meteorites by now, <laughs> or solar radiation. Because I, as as Cole Rise pointed out to me, that's one of the they left one of the moon cameras on the moon with the lens pointed at the at the sun's apogee, or um, you know, to 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 basically bake it so that when we do return to the moon, we can see how, how solar radiation affects things. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's cool. Um, 
but yeah, so it, I was so excited by that, by this Hasselblad tie-in, and I did. I didn't know that we left the moon cameras on the moon. I I googled it, thinking they'd be in the Smithsonian. And the Smithsonian website only had a cryptic mention of, uh, yeah, this item is not in our collection for their moon camera page. And I'm like, I wonder why that is. And I found out, of course, well, we left him on the moon. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, Cole Rise, um, who was famous for a number of reasons and is a really cool dude, built a basically perfect replica of that heavily modified Hasselblad 500 uh, EL, I think is the suffix, that, we, uh, that NASA and, and Hasselblad modified for space use. And I drove to go see it. I, I saw that. So did he did he actually start with a, a Hasselblad, mm-hmm. like an original, you know, EL body, and then he just modified it from there? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. modified it to the extent that I mean, it's it's like he says it's ninety seven percent accurate, and like <laughs> he some of the it. oh, I mean, oh yeah, like down to the threads on the screws. I mean, the serial numbers, yeah, everything, it's everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a wonderful work, but I decided, I yeah, I wanted to see not just that camera because I'm a space nerd, but I wanted to film that camera with the OnePlus camera uh, in the context of a road trip review, which also yeah, yeah. served the purpose of springing me from New York for a while, so that was good. Do you know what those cylinders were that he was inserting on the bottom of the camera? Was yeah, this those are film? batteries. Those are oh, batteries. Um, adapted batteries to power the uh, motors because they were electric cameras, yeah. Right. Uh, oh, interesting. So they were actually, he built adapters to take current batteries and go in that space because they're probably bespoke cells, right? I believe so. Now, I want yeah. to say here that I knew that I wasn't going to include 98% of what he was telling us, but David Amell, my roommate and friend who you've had on the show more than once, uh, he's, he interviewed him and he's he's going to have a, that full interview with all those answers to those wild camera questions um, in like a, a really long video. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, we should for sure. Um, speaking of David, he's starting his own YouTube channel, right? Exactly. That's what's I think he's going to launch with this video. Yeah. Great. So you should keep an eye on YouTube's folks. I won't be able to link to it unless he puts it live in the next couple of days. I'm sure he'll come um, back. Yeah, absolutely. So look back to the nine, the yes. nine series. I think for me there are some disappointments and some there's some happiness. So I start with the happiness. I am happy that the nine Pro is. Uh, pretty, you know, fully featured in terms of imaging in cameras. Like it has, it has mm. what I expect a flagship to have. Does but it? there are some. Well, <laughs> it it does have some some issues, right? And that's kind of what I was going to get to. Yeah. Like I feel like uh, this is a tough one because look, Samsung has telephotos on the even the S twenty Fan Edition has a telephoto that's about the same quality as the telephoto on the 9 Pro. Yeah, is it 3X on the FE? Yeah. And okay. that phone costs 7 650. I mean, it's probably 600 now, right? Mhm. And so I kind of feel like the camera system on the 9 Pro should have been the camera system on the 9 for that price. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. And I feel like the camera system on the 9 Pro should have included a 5X or 10X proper periscope telephoto like maybe the one from the uh, oppo find x2 pro from last year 100 percent agree and as a sweetener the only other thing i feel that both phones are really lacking in is front-facing camera 
As a sweetener, the 9 Pro would have had a better front-facing camera that supports 4K 60 or 4K 30 for, you know, to at least have parity with Apple and Samsung on video recording. You know, a lot of people are making TikTok videos and stuff. Yeah, and, and those same people want the same wide-angle lens that this isn't a OnePlus thing, but no manufacturer is focusing on that anymore for right. some reason. Probably yeah. because they want to minimize the size of the hole punch, which, yes, is just as ugly here as it is on anything else. Um it's yeah. The problem is here's the thing. Like these camera shortcomings are not unique to this phone. OnePlus didn't make a, any particular missteps here. In fact, I, I quite like what they're doing on the wide angle. Um, oh, the wide angle is brilliant. It's good, but but it's yeah. you know when you're and we'll get to the price again. But you know when you're charging what you're charging for the Pro, I you, we can't just keep saying yeah you know OnePlus you know the camera's just okay, but oh but hey the value. Because the value is really not there anymore. Well, I, exactly. I wrote this in my review on Hot Hardware. I I'll saw link that. that in the uh, you know the show notes. But I think like for me, it was like you look at the prices at front up front before you review the phone, and you're like, oh wow, this is even you know it's more expensive, mm -hmm. and it's thirty dollars more for the nine versus the eight last year. And you're gonna say, what about the eighty? Well, the eighty only came in twelve to fifty six in the U.S., meaning. It was 750 to start with, so it was already more than the 8, 128 on the 9. So forget the 8T for a second. But if you look at the 8 Pro versus 9 Pro, I mean, it's what? Uh, six, $70 more, right? Uh, 900 to 969, right? something like that. Sure. 899 to 969, I think. And what are you getting extra for that? Like, honestly, if you look at the, in their own zeitgeist of release time frame, the 8 Pro and the 9 Pro are essentially identical except for the chip powering them and slightly yeah. faster wireless charging and the slightly better I mean not it's not even a slightly better sensor the 789 the sensor in the 9 Pro which is you know one digit more than the 689 last year in the 8 <laughs> Pro and this year in the 9 yeah that sensor only adds dull HDR to the roster of tech. It's identical in every other way. Hmm, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was that close. So last year. you're not really getting, it's not like last year where you, have a, you had a 5.86 on the 8 and a 6.89 on the nine, on the 8 Pro and it was really a significant jump because the pixel size went from 0.8 to 1.12. It, right. It's like just the same sensor with, oh, we, we give you, you know, digital overlap HDR. So if you want to record HDR video, it's better HDR. Right. And that's cool. But if you look at that, the telephoto is pretty much identical to last year. Now you have the much yeah. better ultra wide on, but it's also on the nine, and that's an ultra wide that, in many ways, they they kind of share technology. And as always, as they always do, as I mentioned in my review with Oppo, this is the same sensor that's the main sensor in the ultra wide on the Find X3 Pro. So it's amortized already in some in some ways, mm -hmm. right? It's yeah. not like, yes, it's kind of bespoke to OnePlus, but it's not really. No, yeah, you know? they, were, they were very careful not to say that it was not technically exclusive to OnePlus. But, you know, I don't, I didn't mind that. I, I kind of just, and you're, you did, by the way, way better research than I did in terms of how this compares year over year with the previous OnePlus generation. I was mostly concerned with, all right, this is effectively the same price as an iPhone 12 Pro Max and a Galaxy S21 Ultra, which is now on sale for $999, Correct. by the way, which exactly. is very aggressive. Good move on Samsung's You're part. totally like, you're totally getting to where I was going in a very roundabout way. Okay. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> no I mean, no. But those are the you. ones I took alongside. Absolutely. And I, I was like, how do, how do these compare? And, you know, I mean, no doubt about it sometimes. And Jacqueline, by the way, at Nothing But Tech, she is a great 
comparison video featuring, I think, both of those phones too, um, where she covers some things that I didn't. But like, I, you know, sometimes the OnePlus would come out in front and, you know, that's an accomplishment in and of itself. We wouldn't have been able to say that a couple of years ago. Um, but I found between the zo- added zoom capabilities of the, uh, of the Samsung yeah, and the, um, the better video on the whole that I got from the always iPhone, on iPhone the always, yeah. Yeah. it was like, okay, well, I mean, you know, this isn't really leaping out this nine pro and you know, I, I think it needed to, if you take the price Correct. and the Hasselblad partnership into consideration, which, you know, elevates expectations like it or not, that's why they do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of what I was getting to. I was trying to just compare with the A Pro saying that really, other than the better ultra wide and the slight bump in sensor with dual HDR on the main sensor, and then the you know, going from an 865 to an 888 and adding millimeter wave, right? Because it has oh, millimeter Oh, yeah, because it has millimeter, but it's not, not for Verizon. And getting from 30 watt wireless fast charging to 50 watt wireless fast charging. Which is pretty dope. Let's just, let's say it. It's It's awesome. Other than those changes, like how can it be $70 more is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the pricing strategy with OnePlus. They're no longer value competitive in my opinion. Like they're basically, that's the opification of them. Oppo is not a cheap brand. The Reno 5 series is a wonderful mid-range series. And when I see the pricing, I'm like, wow. But when I talk to folks in India about it, they're like, oh, Oppo is considered to be a high-end brand. So they're going by the branding. So they're making mid-range phones that really should be cheaper, but they're not because of this impression they want to give. Yet most of the Reno series is made of plastic. I mean, it's beautifully made of plastic, but it's Mm. still, you know, and I think that's what we're seeing here because it's very clear starting with last year, CalPay leaving and, you know, the strategy of like going lower end and stuff. I think, and you know, we're going to talk about the watch and the 9R that's released in India. Like, they are basically trying to be Oppo for those markets where the Oppo brand doesn't exist or doesn't sell, and in markets where they've both brands already well established, like India. Sure, and in markets where Oppo is just utterly unheard of, like here in North America. North America and in Europe, to some extent. Yeah, like OnePlus is very content to be the new Samsung, the new kid on the the shelf. And so that's why I think they could have been way more aggressive on pricing if they wanted to. And it's unfortunate in many ways because they can't control this, but they should have it should have planned for it that Samsung is on discount already. As you yeah. said, $9.99, $30 more buys you a Galaxy S21 Ultra. At that point, you lost OnePlus. It's a no-brainer, yeah. okay? I can live with One UI, which I don't like as much as Oxygen OS. Absolutely, Oxygen OS is delightful. Same. It's wonderful. Yep. But at that price, here's what you get, folks, right? Let's put it on a table. You get two better telephotos over one mediocre, okay, bare bones, what should be on a $600 phone telephoto, mm-hmm. right? So basically the telephoto that should have been on the nine, that's what you get. And what you lose is 5G support for all the carriers because the S21 unlocked, the Ultra, works on millimeter wave and sub six on all three big carriers out of the box. Whereas the OnePlus right now, get this, this is the one beef I have this year. I was willing to go with it last year because 5G was just starting and yeah. they had the partnership with OnePlus and they made that bespoke OnePlus 8 for Verizon. But oh, yeah. how can it be that in 2021, they're launching an unlocked phone that doesn't have any support for AT&T 5G and has out of the box at launch, no official support for Verizon 5G in fact, it doesn't work right now. I tested it. So 
they need a firmware update. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I get the point you're making. I think I would take the opposite position, though, because because I have to, because otherwise I'm a hypocrite. Because I think I've been saying, without saying it in so many words, it, over the course of maybe the last 10 or 12 reviews, uh, some variation of, yeah, this has 5G. No, you're you still not going to like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's either low band, which is, you know, not very fast, or it's millimeter wave, which if you breathe on it wrong, you lose it. So, you know, just, I don't care about 5G. And um, I, I think that... From a value perspective, if you're going to keep these phones for two years and you're going right now yeah. to the carriers and you're putting your hard-earned money down and you're that nerd because you're spending $1,000 on a phone, you want the specs. Yeah, I, I understand that. And you're right. And it will become more relevant as time goes on, for sure. I, I get it. I, I'm i not giving them a pass on it. It's just that it's the decision I probably would have made if, if I were them too, particularly with AT&T, because AT&T isn't even trying on 5G. Um, oh it doesn't, d- doesn't appear to be. You know they what I mean? They don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And have you noticed how T-Mobile and AT&T have not, we haven't heard a peep from them about millimeter wave? Uh, yeah. And you know what? Again, if I were them, um, I wouldn't say a thing about millimeter wave either. It's a terrible user experience. Much like podcasting in New York City when police are driving Absolutely, by. but I'm just saying it's interesting to me that they used to put a lot of, like, there was a lot of talk about it early days. Yeah. And well, then nothing. It, and then, yeah, then we used it and we found out that, yeah, that's, those concerns were valid. It's pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, it's not, it's not about that for me. It's about the fact that Samsung is able to make a phone that was more expensive on paper, but is now everywhere you can buy that phone online from every retailer you can go to any carrier store and get a bogo deal or whatever it is and get locked into some contract and have a locked phone with bloatware out the kazoo if you choose to do that that's your mistake but you know i can understand maybe why you might want to do that if you can get a good deal you can't get that on a one plus and they're still charging six what is it 969 dollars for that phone well, and T-Mobile, T-Mobile is doing something for us, though. If you get the yeah. OnePlus 9 Pro through T-Mobile, they'll give you like 350 off or something if you add a new line or But or you add a, a new in. line. Like every year you add a new line, now you have 12 lines. Like I know. No, I know. But you can do a trade-in, too, to get the same discount. So it's okay. I mean, there are ways to get the discount. But at the same time, Samsung's trade-ins are so aggressive that I, I just keep coming back to, why wouldn't you just get the Ultra? And this is not something we used to say. Yeah, absolutely. Because the, that price gulf used to be so much more significant. And, and I think to, to an extent, Samsung gulf, software used right? to- Yeah, right. Because Samsung software used to be much worse and OnePluses used to be better. And their and, hardware, honestly, was very boring. The S29 oh, yeah. looked like, oh my oh, God, I'm so the, glad the Note came out to rectify that. And then now the <laughs> S21s at least look decent. But yeah, yeah, I don't know what they- what you know what drugs they were on for the s20 design but they're like on something really bland yeah and the s20 that's why it's funny because you made a great point in your uh review for hot hardware on this phone on the 9 pro or excuse me you were talking about the oneplus 9 yeah about how the plastic it feels chintzy it looks chintzy. okay let's have a rant about this well hold on wait wait wait. but but i'm more willing to forgive samsung for doing the exact same thing because while yes they went with plastic 2 the s21 feels better looks better and has more interesting colors. And that's, it's weird. To your point, it's it's weird to see that reversal that Samsung is delivering the more aesthetically interesting phone. Yeah, I feel like, I like the design direction that OnePlus took this year. I think these phones, they're not very adventurous, but they're not horribly boring looking. I think main part due to their camera pods that are interesting. Yes. I agree. do feel, however, that's a very safe design and that the colorways are very, you know they're they're very kind of toned down and and I felt that OnePlus had that going for it and it doesn't now and then 
if you look at the camera pod, I want to applaud it because, yeah, it does look good. But it's copied from the Reno series. It is an Oppo camera pod. Look at the Reno 5. Yeah, I looked at that. And you're like, okay. I don't know. I think you're not giving it enough credit. I think that camera pod looks exactly like an old 60s television camera you know one of those 400 oh, ton yeah you i think that the rings around the actual silver rings around those two lenses make it more oh it's so gorgeous more than the reno 5 but i'm they just saying it came, you, you can see where it came from and then it evolved into the hasselblad branded camera pod and and it's given yeah. a unique personality and i don't mind but here's what vexes me and you touched on it is the oneplus 8t and the oneplus 8 last year and you know, they cost less and they had a metal frame, right? Mm-hmm. And here we are now with excuses, excuses, excuses. We put fiberglass. Now, look, as a material, plastic is definitely more durable. But if sure. you drop these phones on a concrete surface and they hit a corner, if you don't break the glass panels in the front and back, you're going to get a ding. And that's going to look very identical on aluminum as it does on this fiberglass reinforced metalized plastic, right? Yeah, fine. So it doesn't really matter, but it does matter in one area, performance. You can't spread the heat as well on a frame that's plastic versus a frame that's aluminum. And we saw that in our benchmarks. I don't really care about benchmarks, you know that very much, but hot hardware does, and I write for them. And so I ran the benchmarks and I was like, there's a lot of throttling on the 888, whereas like the Mi 11, for example, which is a $700 flagship from Xiaomi that kicks ass, is fantastic has no throttling issues whatsoever. And so I'm wondering how much of that is, you know, partially due to having a plastic frame. And and I and I just don't feel like I feel like the Nord it was acceptable because it's a five hundred dollar phone or less than five hundred. But like we're talking still about a seven hundred and thirty dollar phone. Like a plastic back is a lot more palatable to me because you can make plastic like this plastic that, you know, a lot yeah, of brands are like using. The S21's it, plastic is good. Like it's saying. good. Yeah. It's fine. You know, the, I, the S20 Feels fan good, edition, yeah. it's okay. But I feel like the, like you, I don't know, it's a flagship. Like maybe it's not a flagship. Maybe we're looking this the wrong way. Maybe the OnePlus 9 is a premium mid ranger, like Dieter said at The Verge. No, that's what I think it is. Yeah. In I my agree. head, I've been thinking of them as an affordable flagship. And the reason I've been thinking as an affordable flagship versus premium mid ranger is because. Of the 888, right? Yeah. Yeah, I forget that it has that. But but it doesn't matter. And also, <laughs> both premium edition and affordable flagships have metal and glass, you know, no compromise on the material. So yeah. I don't understand this. And this because is, they can get away with it. Because they can get away with it. You know, it's like... The, Michael, it's, tell me this. Why... You don't follow Chinese phones as much as I do. No, but I don't. why is it that there is a tendency, and BBK Group is the first, is the most complicit to this problem... This primarily Oppo, OnePlus, Vivo, a bit of Realme, and a little bit of EQ, whatever that brand is called. But they are all going to a lot more plastics mm-hmm. and keeping the prices the same. And they're going to, they're all removing telephotos left, right, and center and putting <laughs> mm-hmm. what I call the sticker cams on, you know? Yeah. And why is this happening? Like, how can the price not go down when they do that? It, it just vexes me. And Xiaomi's done it too. And, you know, to some extent, we're seeing it on Honor and Huawei on their mid-rangers. And, and Moto, of course. And I'm just like, 
Yeah, they probably have some data that says, like, you know, look, so many people put a case on it right away. They're not yeah. going to care as much. And if we hit the features real hard in the marketing that people that we think people care about, they're not going to notice when we do all this. It's the same thing as when any other product gets, uh, you know, it's heavily commodified. And I guess you know, they're just and padding those margins, man. It's, it's depressing. I talked to my friends in India, my, my audience there, and they tell me that the camera count is more important than anything else there. Yeah, well, and that's probably why. Like, that's why. Sure. Like, let's put as many two megapixel useless cameras and label them as we uh, can. Yeah, right. It's just another box to check. You know, it's that. But you know, the plastic frame I can kind of live with. The thing that I cannot live with at all, again because flagship, again because premium Red Ranger, whatever you want to call it, again because seven hundred and thirty dollars, and again because the eight, the eight T, and the Nord last year had this feature. Even the Nord had this feature. What? And also because Hasselblad branding, the lack of OIS on the main lens on of the, the OnePlus 9. It's yeah. softer in low light every single time. So they put a better sensor on there, the sensor from the 8 Pro last year, and then they removed OIS. It's mm. like, what were you thinking? Well, it's, I, think, I think if you take it together with the other stuff that we're talking about, like the plastic and the obvious less time they spend on the aesthetics, like they're they're intentionally making that gap bigger. You know, maybe the long-term plan is to make the pro line just a very aspirational line and to make the other one, you know, closer to the to the company's older older roots, but not really because, you know, the, the just the cheap part of those older roots. Yeah. That, you know, maybe they're just trying to make that spread a little bit wider and that's the, the thought. But then why not put like a 5X periscope telephoto on the 9 Pro and sell it Tell for the same price? Tell me about it. Tell right? me about it. No, I then agree. Then you'd be competitive. The under-equipped. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Agree. Or sell the 9 for 850 870 you know, right. $100 less. And maybe that's the strategy. Maybe we don't know, but in two weeks or a month, it'll be $100 less already. Oh, man. That maybe they're going to pull a Samsung. Yeah, people would be so incensed about that. Because, because remember, it, Michael, Samsung's so. doing it all the time. And we keep telling people, don't wait a couple of months before you buy your Galaxy because that's you're going to get point. a great deal. I haven't said that enough. You're right. I, the I, you S21 gotta... Ultra, as much as it's $1,000 now, right? Yeah. It is not $1,000 normally. Like, it came out, it was 1200 At that price point, you can't compare it with the 9 Pro. Yeah. Um... And you can't only compare it to one other phone, really, at 1200 You can compare it to the Oppo Find X3 Pro. Which you can't get Which here. is super premium, $1,300 phone. And also has some crazy cut corner. Yeah, they put a microscope in there, but I love that microscope so they much. They freaking have a two X telephoto. <laughs> yeah, like but we're the talking iPhone so land here. Oh, I love the yeah, but that you know what's weird is I don't usually go crazy on display, but using the Find X three is such a pleasure just because of that display. Like something about it, something about that color it's depth, the color like, calibration. Oh my God. I tell you why. Do you know that display is identical hundred percent to the nine Pro? So what, is it just the software tuning that's different in terms Completely of- Completely color tuning. I love the Oppo color tuning. Wow. And wow. here's the other thing. I've got both right now, so I've been playing so, with them. Yeah, same. And if you try taking photos with the ultra-wide on all three, the 9, the 9 Pro, and the Oppo Find X3 Pro, you'll like the color tuning on the Oppo better. See, I thought that is. I thought that too. And then I heard, I think on the same Android Central podcast, I heard the opposite. I heard Alex was like, no, I like the uh, OnePlus Ultra. No, no, Alex is right. Technically speaking, 
it's not as accurate and it's boosted and it's artificial. Oh, but okay, if you so look the, at yeah. it on that display, the way that display is calibrated, that display is magical. 100% of the time, the X3 Pro looks way better. <laughs> yeah, I kept stopping. I was trying to take sample photos and I'm like, God, that looks good. And I would just stare at it. I was really surprised by no, that. No, seriously. And it actually does look good on your Mac too. So it's not just the display, it's a combo, but mm. it's definitely the color tuning on Oppo. I have to give them credit, both the displays and the cameras. <laughs> Plus that microscope, like, you you know, it, people cool. make fun of it, but it is so cool. And look, if OnePlus had put that on there uh, instead of that, you know, monochrome sensor that I genuinely don't think is doing much for them. I don't think it's even used for anything. Oh, I, I think know. it's completely a sticker cam. <laughs> yeah. Have anybody, like, if we, if we watch it, has Zach, has, has. I don't uh, know if Zach has taken that apart yet. Yeah, because like, if he does, we, we, maybe there's just a sticker there. Maybe we should see. No, I'm sure the component is there. It's just probably not connected to anything. No, I, I don't want to say that. I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're using it for something. But you know, if they had put the microscope on there instead, you know, I would have. I think I would have enjoyed my time with the Nine Pro a lot more because then, yes, call it a gimmick, whatever, call it a toy. But at least you're trying for something that no one else or Oppo, one other company, is doing. At least you're a little aspirational. You're having a little fun. There's a little touch of the old OnePlus kind of, hey, check this out. This is pretty cool, right? Like, yeah. you know, the, but the, the modern OnePlus just doesn't have that. It's just like, yep, hey, we figured out how to, we sold enough units, we're making enough money, and now we're mainstream. Welcome to the mainstream. It's boring. That yeah. sucks. And you know what's interesting is that if right now I could get, I'm on Timo, so for me, really, I, I'm on 5G all the time, and it, it does... It does give me a little bit of better coverage, basically. It doesn't give me better speeds, but it gives me a slightly better coverage. And so if the Oppo Find X3 Pro worked on Timo US right now, I would make that my main phone. Right now, this is the phone mm. that for me ticks all the right boxes. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it should not be uh, understated how, how big an accomplishment that, that phone is. You're right. It is great. And you know what's also surprised me? As much as I kind of rail on that two times optical zoom, the, the useless kind of on paper useless telephoto that yeah. the Find X3 Pro has, when you actually use it, it's way better than what you expect. Like you can zoom up to 5X on that thing and get a really, really good zoom photo better than the OnePlus yeah. 9 Pro. So I don't understand. Like on paper, I think what's going on here is that Oppo is cheating and it's not giving you the giving us the real specs. I think that <laughs> No, no, remember OnePlus did that before where it was a 3x zoom, right? But mm. it was it was actually 2x optical and then they were cropping a 12 or 13 megapixel sensor down to 8 megapixel. Kind of oh, like really? Samsung does with the S21 where they're putting a 64 megapixel sensor behind a 1.1x zoom for a telephoto. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you, you know? mean there. Yeah. So I think that's what Oppo's doing, and it's it's well-tuned here, and it works well. And it, it up to 5x, it's good. 10x usable. Basically like the OnePlus 9 Pro, but somehow if you go side-by-side side and take the same photo, the telephoto on the 9 Pro doesn't quite feel as delicious and juicy as no, what you doesn't. get out of the... Oppo X3 Pro. Yeah, and we've really, I mean, I've, I've been spoiled by Samsung again. Oh you know, my God, like once you've... Being able to punch in that far. being Even a you, Note 20 Ultra that only has a 5X. Yeah, even that. Like, I mean, just 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 having that kind of uh, option at your fingertips when every day you're taking a boat under a bridge and you want to get the flag on top of it or whatever it is, you're trying to shoot the Statue of Liberty through a crowd. Like, you come back to a regular telephoto camera after that and it's like, Oh man, you, you don't know what you're missing. And but you know, 
everybody says it, so I'll just say it. Yes, I say this every time I review an iPhone too. <laughs> Those telephoto cameras have just been very underwhelming for years, and I say it all the yeah. time. Um, yeah. So you know, it's just OnePlus shouldn't. What's you know why is never settle still on the phone? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. It's as I said in my review, there's an opification of OnePlus going on. Yep. They're becoming a more mainstream brand, and they're basically using it. I think they've made the decision as a business, BBK Group, that it makes more sense for them for Oppo and OnePlus to be very more similar than before. Even they were already pretty similar, and focus on selling Oppo essentially devices in markets where OnePlus is established. Yeah, I don't as know. OnePlus don't devices. Know. That's what we're seeing, yeah. and it's clearer to me than ever. Thankfully, we still have Oxygen OS. But here's another thing I didn't mention in my review. The Chinese version, if you go to China and you buy the OnePlus phones right now, they have ColorOS on them. Oh, do they? Yep. That's a bummer. Yeah, right? <laughs> so that's, that's another thing I'm showing. Like, you know, basically, well, I mean, I can understand because for China, that actually makes sense, you know? I, because yeah, no, it, it definitely, they don't care. They don't want a pure Android experience like Oxygen OS. They want a tie-in to everything Oppo as much as possible, right? Sure. And a lot of people like Color OS. It's yeah. It's just not honestly. That's the thing. It's gotten. I would not say that if it had 5G for T-Mobile, I would make the Find X3 Pro my main phone if yeah. I couldn't hack Color OS. And honestly, I think Color OS is pretty good. Now, can we just give them props though for for all of the warp charge stuff? Because I oh. was so impressed by the charging, oh. wireless and wired. So this is one big, you know, differentiator here between Huge. between Samsung, Apple, and and OnePlus, right? Yes. Is that it's not just the sixty-five watt. They've had that on the AT. It's that they went from thirty watt to fifty watt on the wireless charging. Even <laughs> yeah. the Oppo Find X3 Pro, which by the way charges at thirty watt on the OnePlus charger, uh, the the stand. Mm. Because mm. that's the thing, Oppo's, you know, the Vuk Super Vuk or whatever they use for their chargers. It's yeah. 100% compatible with Warp, right? Right. So you can swap nice. them. So, but the, also the wireless chargers. So the Find X3 Pro has 30 watt wireless charging, which is basically the 30 watt from the 8 Pro last year. And it works on the 50 watt OnePlus charger, no problem. And, <laughs> you know, all of that is great. I think this fast charging thing, I really hope that in some minor way, in another two generations of OnePlus devices, we're going to see the American market understand that they don't need to charge their phones overnight anymore. I have not charged a phone overnight in so long, I don't know. Because, well, except for maybe my iPhones, because I don't need to. I just charge on demand. It's yeah. like my Tesla. I go to a supercharger right. and I fill it up as much as I want or need. And I'm done. I was just looking at my charging time. It's crazy. Like, I mean, wirelessly, I get from zero to 100% in 45 minutes. That's wirelessly. I know. And then on the cable, yeah, it's the same brick as last year, but because of those thermal improvements they're talking about, the phone actually charges even fast. It's a 30, per, excuse me, 30 minutes gets me to 75%. In a half an hour, in 15 minutes, I'm at 40%. Like that is so, so useful, especially as we start to get traveling again. And you know how it is. You hop from the plane to the hotel. Maybe you've only got 20 minutes before you have to go to a meeting and it's just, just pop it in real quick. And it's, it's so incredible to just get that much power in such a small sip, essentially. So one way to look at this is that the charger that comes in the box for OnePlus costs $35 on their website. Mm. So if you add $35 to the price of every iPhone that's on sale right now and every Samsung Galaxy phone that's on sale right now, that you're cross-shopping with your OnePlus, 
That's the prices you should be comparing. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't consider that. Right. But plus, it's a much more useful charger. They could charge more for that if they yeah, wanted. Yeah, even if you do adjust the pricing like I just suggested, you don't get the fast charging experience on a Samsung or an iPhone. I can't believe Samsung went down for 45-watt PD charging to 25. To 25 watt. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. And they're stuck with, what, 15-watt wireless charging? That's what the 9 has. The 9 yeah. has finally has wireless charging. Oh, i I got to give OnePlus kudos for listening You've got to it. us. Yeah, the like, charging is, is, is last remarkable. Last year, my review of the 8 and 8 Pro for Geekspin, I said I wouldn't recommend the 8 because it doesn't have wireless charging and it has a worse macro than the 7T mm-hmm. because it does the dedicated 2 megapixel fixed yeah, focus crap macro. Thing. And yeah. the 7T has what the 9 and the 9 Pro and the 8 Pro have, which is using the ultra wide as a macro, right? Yep. Because the ultra wide has autofocus. Bookmark so, that for me because I'm going to complain about that in a second. Go ahead. Well, that's, I want to. I want to actually finish this nine plus segment review segment on that ultra wide because we need to move on to the rest of the stuff. Sounds good. But basically, what I'm saying is that we got to give kudos to OnePlus for listening to us because you know, yes, now they've introduced two more problems, right? <laughs> the OIS missing on the nine and the plastic frame on the nine, but they did improve the eight in the two areas that we pointed were lacking. No, you're right. And those improvements are important. And it's interesting because the wireless charging is only on the European and the US model on the 9, by the way. It's thinner and lighter in other markets where it doesn't have wireless charging. Yeah, I guess that makes sense if you're going to optimize it for maybe that, you know, it's not as important to uh, to the Indian market by their judgment. But it's two different like chassis and everything like it's it's a significant change and the fact that they still save money doing that is amazing yeah it is no that is it's it's curious so ultra wide i'm impressed i think it's one of the best not the best but one of the best ultra wides i've used huawei still has the crown i think for me i'm not sure who has the crown for me but i agree this is this is up there i was just a little bummed out by its its lack of um low light performance compared to the main which of course you always expect with a wide angle that is again not uncommon but i just had such a great experience during the day you know that i expected it to translate to nighttime and it didn't always but that's again i think we're bumping up against physics there it's an f-stop issue because the same sensor is on the x3 pro as the main camera right uh yeah it is isn't it the Uh, 766 yeah you know so i think that if you use it on the X3 Pro on the main camera, the low light performance is superb. So it's, I think, f-stop. And of course, you know that freeform lens they used to reduce distortions? Oh, yeah. yeah it that- probably isn't as good in low light. And you noticed that it has a lot of lens flaring in low light, right? Uh, I don't think I did notice that, but I just have gotten so used to every kind of flare on every smartphone. Every phone has a massive flare. The iPhones flare. are the worst right now, in my yeah, opinion. Even the Sonys that are supposedly have the T-Star coating have a have a lot of internal reflections. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, but look, I think this is a thing that every time I get mad about the lack of OIS on the 9, I have to remind myself that it has such an improved ultra-wide over what we ever saw before on any OnePlus, and that it does macro as well with autofocus on that ultra-wide, that that is, that goes against the philosophy of the 9 in many ways of the cost-cutting I'm seeing. And so good for OnePlus. And same with the wireless charging. It goes against this cost-cutting philosophy. They added it for Europe and the US. It's good. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we, we 
have focused on the negative a lot. There's a lot good about this phone. I think if, if it was priced a little bit better, I'm talking about the Pro, if it was, were priced um, a little more appropriately, I think I'd be more enthused or if it was a little more performant on the camera. But there's always next year and I expect that they're going to come correct with the, the Hasselblad stuff next year. Oh yeah. And I mean, we are doing our jobs by being picky. This yeah, is absolutely. OnePlus. We have high expectations. And Samsung is, you know, chasing OnePlus really hard. The the S20 FE and the upcoming 21 FE, which, you know, I'm just speculating will happen. Samsung clearly has their sights on OnePlus with these phones. Yep. Because they are bonkers good for the money. And in fact, I would argue that they're better than anything OnePlus has done recently for the money. <laughs> Maybe not Oxygen OS, you know, that's the one thing that differentiates, I still think, a lot. But if you look at the package, it's amazing what the S20 FE brings to the table. I imagine that's true. Yeah, I've taken my eye off the kind of mid-range and the, and the non-foldables for the most part. You know, you and I, we can make up an opinion on a phone by just looking at the spec sheet, knowing what the history and the brand and what we traditionally know what to expect, right? Sure. So I went into the S20 FE with that. I was like, oh, it's going to be a Samsung phone. The specs are great. It's going to be good. And then I started using it. And I was like, wow, this, I don't know why would anyone would buy an S20 at this point. Never mind any S20. Like, forget it. This is the one you get. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, everybody fell in love with that thing. I, uh... It was so much better than the Summit Sports. You know how sometimes you get a phone and you're like, this shouldn't be this good based on what I'm reading. And then you use it and you're like, wow. That's exactly what it yeah, was. Yeah, but I mean, but for me, what like the, the aesthetics and the hand feel and all that, like factor in heavily with that and it yeah. seems like for the fe everybody gave samsung a pass on that like for me if you're gonna give a phone the title <laughs> of fan edition yeah. then like give me something give me something that like a finish an old finish that you've discontinued bring that back make that cool make the phone look cool the last time i felt that about a phone with like oh these specs don't really justify that this should be crap but it's great was on some of the older moto x's you know because they felt yeah. special they behaved in a special way the fe just has a good value proposition i don't know why everybody fell in love for that thing it's just a box man you know it's like yeah and that's why you need to play with one no <laughs> i don't want to i'm done no okay. I, I, well, I, I mean, it's know. too late now but i'm yeah, saying thankfully. consider i'm not saying you should make a video here michael i'm not gonna consider seeing yes to review it when the s21 fe comes out yeah. just use it for a few days i will because everyone loved that 20 fe so hard. you need to give yourself that favor i think it gives you a point of reference that's different than the universe you live in which is really expensive right now right but i that's the only thing that's the only place you can go it's like it's like i'm being chased by the baryon sweep in that episode of next generation <laughs> right and yeah. like I, it's, i'm in the front of 10 forward i've got 10 feet left of ship because that's I, that, that's the corner i've scampered into because all the rest of it is so boring i mean it, it's it's really it's the super high-end um to a lesser extent, the super low end with the Poco stuff, and then all the foldables. Like that's that's where the excitement is in phones right now, and I think I don't see that changing. <laughs> see, this soon. is why I was excited by the S twenty FE because I feel that it's in that six hundred dollars sweet spot mm. that all flagships should be in, you know. And it yeah. does cut some corners to be there, but it doesn't cut the important corners. Yeah. See what I'm saying? I do. If I you do. go by the mantra that you made earlier, which is you're going to put your phone in a case anyway. Well, I think that's what the manufacturers are saying. I'm yeah, not saying the that. the colorways, the industrial design, the fact that it's a plastic back, all that just goes away. Like, it doesn't matter anymore. Because you, you're, if you're going to cut corners, cut corners there. You know, they put a 3X telephoto with OIS that didn't suck on that phone. Like, yeah. wow, right? For 600 bucks. So, you know, 
Yeah. yeah. So the OnePlus for me, these two phones, I'm definitely going to use the 9 Pro as my main daily driver. I have an 8 Pro right now. It makes sense to upgrade. Although, as I said, I th- I'm more excited by the, X- the Oppo Find X3 Pro right now, which is really funny. <laughs> and the Mi 11 was, if also that had 5G for T-Mobile, was, that was a really incredibly good phone for the money. $750, and it doesn't have a telephoto, but it has a 108 megapixel sensor from the galaxies, and it can zoom really well up to at least five, probably 7x uh, using its main sensor. So, hmm. you know, you need a telephoto? Yeah, you do. But at $750 for a phone that has checks all the boxes and, oh, and has the S21 Ultra's display, not oh, bad. Oh, yeah. 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 But no 5G, and I'm not going to do no 5G because I'm a T-Mobile, you know, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, will, it will be more important as time goes on. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So anyway, there's a couple of more news from OnePlus that came packaged with this oh, yeah. launch, right? So there's a OnePlus 9R for, I think it's uh, India. How dare you tease me like that? I thought we were going to talk about the watch, and now we got to talk about the No, <laughs> we're doing the watch. We're going to get the 9R out of the way. Okay. okay if you ahead. took a OnePlus 8T, made the camera bump look more like the 9 and 9 Pro, and replaced the 865 with an 870, which is, okay, you know this, Michael, but for the audience, 865, last year's flagship. Then they did the 865 Plus, slightly faster clock speeds, used a lot of gaming phones. And then they add another Plus, like Plus Plus, and rebrand it, and it's essentially a Snapdragon 870. So that's what it is. Hmm. The 9R is an 80 with a 9-ish looking camera pod, the exact same specs as the 80 was last year, and an 870 chip instead of an 865 chip. Hmm. Same display, no wireless charging, same camera system, same construction. Interestingly, it has the same display, by the way. The 8T and the 9R and the 9 share the same display. Well, that'll that'll help with the uh, manufacturing costs. Again, Oppo. Oppification right there. Part yep. spin. I mean, yep. the, the king of part spin special leverage is Xiaomi, right? Between Xiaomi, Redmi, Poco, CC. I'm probably forgetting another brand or two. <laughs> you see why I avoid all these? I just, yeah, they're all interchangeable. It's, it's exciting. If when you use them, that's when you realize how cool they actually are. Like the, I still can't get over the Redmi mm. Note 10 Pro, a $260 phone, Michael. I can't get over that. They called it the Note. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, they have, they've had a note line forever. Just I know, like, and it doesn't, right, but it doesn't mean anything, right? It's like- No, of course not. It was just a direct lift. Like, I can't, well, I'm sorry. Okay. I just, when you start from that point, I can't respect a brand. I can't. I could do an entire podcast on Xiaomi branding. Yeah, I would love to hear it because it makes no sense. They love to mix and match parts from their various part spins and, and things, but they do that across brands and it's kind of amazing. It's like, I literally have two phones right now in my collection of Xiaomi phones that are different brands, $10 apart, and one has a ultra wide, the, one, the other one doesn't. Mm. Yeah, it's that crazy. <laughs> but anyway, my point is here it's, is that- It's like when HP used to do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. HP used to do the same exact thing with the touchpad when they were making that for like, you know, two months. They like had different SKUs with different processor clock speeds. And I'll never forget, like they were like, I think Topolsky asked him like, why, why did you do that? And Rubenstein said like, because we can. 
<laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, that's no. not a reason to do that. What What are you doing? So the 9R is India only, and it is an AT rebranded with an 870. That's all you need to know. I just want to point it out there because I know a lot of people listening are in India and they care. And I think, look, honestly, I don't know what the pricing is here, but I'm sure it's going to be very aggressive. Is that not announced yet, the pricing? Oh, yes, it is. 550 US dollars for yeah. 8128 and 605 for 12256. Got it. That's good. And oh, I hate to tell you this now. I'm not 100% sure they didn't change the chassis to a plastic midframe on this one, but I have to check. But what I know from the specs right here in front of me, OIS on the main lens. Mm. Well, it's it's the IMX586, it's the AT camera. It's the 48 megapixel from the 8 and the AT. It came with OIS, so they just left it alone. When you're getting, can't you, it, it's, okay, so they left that whole module alone. That makes sense. I was going to ask that because when, you, when you're a manufacturer and you want to buy a sensor, like, typically you don't buy the sensor separate from the lens assembly, right? I mean, I, you can, I know that, but. I think you can spec the sensor with a lens assembly with OIS and one without. Yeah, right, 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 right. That makes right. sense. So, yeah, but if you can leave it all unchanged and, pay, you know, I'm sure they have a great volume deal. You can spec the number of lenses to like six piece or seven piece, which is pretty common. Yeah. And then you can spec the f-stop. So uh, you can get okay. like 1.7, 1.8, 1.9, depending. And the cost is slightly different. It probably takes very little effort for the factory to make a slightly different, you know, adjustment sure. on the f-stop. Yeah. I'd love to see an, like just one of those order forms, one of those, you know, the internal ones, the, these big bulk <laughs> yeah. ones, right? It's like, what? Yeah. how granular can you get really, you know? I mean, in the quantities these parts are being ordered, you can probably customize quite a bit. Probably right? so, yeah. Because they're ordering ahead of time. Like if you look at, again, this opification or the Xiaomi parts bin leverage that goes on all the time, it's because in my head, I'm picturing a giant warehouse. I know it's just in time manufactured and there's no storage here, but mm-hmm. imagine a giant warehouse of parts pre-made. Mm-hmm. Like they decide they're going to make so many phones this year with this part. And so then they spread them across all these different models and brands, you know? Yeah. And the first time I was really exposed to thinking that way about the manufacturing process was when I was doing that, what did uh, ZTE called their under display camera phone, the Axon 20? Yeah, the Axon 20 Pro. And I did the research on that and I was like, wow, these manufacturers are like, I forgot what the name of the display manufacturer is, but they're buying that whole component with the camera integrated. Like, that's a a whole single order item there. Like, I, I was... So I had to like rewrite the script last minute because I had all these lines that were like, ZTE designed this like this. And I'm like, no, they didn't. They just bought this component. This other, this display manufacturer built this like this. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Every time you get a little unexpected peek behind the curtain of these companies, it's like fun. It's, 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 it's always more complicated than I think. And it always makes a lot more sense than I expected. I'm like, ah, yeah, these guys know how to do business. Yep. No, it's, it's, it's a, it's a magical, crazy world. Mm-hmm. Like, somehow accidentally kind of fell into getting more Chinese phones to play with. And I kind of like it because it's, it's just so kind of fascinating to see all the different combinations and little tweaks they make here and there to differentiate by a few dollars here and there for these crazily competitive markets like India, you know? Oh, incredibly competitive. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wouldn't want to be playing. Well, I, I wouldn't want to be in the smartphone manufacturing game because it's just so infamously cutthroat, but especially, especially in a market like India where it's ferocious. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Fun for consumers, though. They got have a lot of great choice over there that we don't have. Speaking of India, I mean, I'm not saying that is specifically for this market, but it seems very highly apt for the market, the OnePlus watch. Ah, yes. Finally, well, right? How do you feel about that? I'm so, you know, we've been waiting for a OnePlus watch for so long that I feel like any official news on this front, I can't help but be excited. I can't help but be happy that there's finally 
at least we can stop asking questions, <laughs> right? I mean, I think they're doing exactly what they should be doing here, and I'm okay. excited. I'm hoping to get a review in it. I think the price is right, 160 bucks for basically like there's two types of smartwatches out there. Actually, there's yes. three types of smartwatches out there. Okay. There's the Apple Watch, which is mm -hmm. it's an own planetoid up there. Yep. Right. Because it's it's kind of impressively amazing, but also frustrating. It's better than any of the others, without you question. You know, then there is the Android Wear and the Tizen watches, which are essentially like an you know, Apple Watch in the sense that they can run and install apps. Yep. Right? And then you have what I call fitness trackers on steroid watches. Yes. Right? And That's exactly what this is. Those have become my favorite, like the Huawei Watch GT2 Pro that I'm wearing right now. Mm -hmm. titanium and sapphire it's a 600 dollars freaking watch Whoa. and it does exactly the same exactly the same as a 60 dollars huawei band <laughs> yeah but damn does it ever look good doing it oh, and man. guess what because it's got a big four centimeter screen like, yeah and a big battery in there or something yeah guess what happens i get like three weeks of battery life on that thing that's always been the most impressive thing i will never forget and this ties directly to the oneplus watch i will never forget strapping on the first huawei watch gt and being i was like no way i can't look at this beautiful color oled display and you're telling me this is going to last two weeks i do not believe you or whatever it was <laughs> 10, 10 days and it sure enough did and i was like oh and that's what that's what taught me what a real-time os is and what a real-time OS can do oh, for, in wait. terms of endurance. You want to hear the kicker? Hmm. I have the always-on screen option turned on. <laughs> and it still lasts two weeks? Three yep. weeks? Yeah, two, two and a half. Oh, yeah. See, I love that. And by the way, you're... I Sorry, this is not really related, but I remember when you had that awful burn-in on your first Huawei watch, you showed it to me at a, some press event, and I was like, yeah. oh, no. But I yeah. leave them always on as well, because if it's a watch, it should always well, show the time. my reason for that is that I don't buy them, so I don't care. I have enough. I have a Zep watch <laughs> on my desk right now. I have an Oppo watch, which is a Wear OS watch. I have... Yep. I still have my uh, Galaxy Watch 2 or whatever it is, the, the one with Tizen that I sometimes wear. Yep. And I have here a Huawei Watch Fit that came in the mail. I don't know if you've seen it. What is that, like a fitness band looking one or is it around? So one? it's hybrid between the fitness band watches I was just talking about and a fitness band in so far that it's got a bigger, wider screen than a fitness band, but it's not a circular screen and a big, heavy, clunky chassis like a real watch. Yeah, it looks like you took a Apple Watch and stretched it vertically. Correct. It's like a narrower stretched Apple Watch and the display is curved. So it matches the contour of your wrist. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. And it has this exact same functionality as the Huawei Watch GT2 Pro that I'm wearing, which I've had a special edition with this crazy sapphire titanium. It's pretty nice. Yeah, I think I, I'm glad that I will say this. I'm glad that OnePlus did not do any of that. I'm glad it's not a fitness band. I'm glad it looks kind of like, like a watch. watch. Yeah. I'm glad that it's round. I am, though, um, I, and, and no, and look, hold on. Let's keep going with the, the good stuff. The, the battery life estimates are right on par with that uh, <laughs> RTOS thing. What, two weeks? Yeah. Um, they put warp charge in it, right? So you, what, yeah. five, five minutes of charge gets you how much? I don't know. It's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be ridiculous. I mean, that thing will last forever. I, uh, I can't help but be a little disappointed. And I look, I know I'm the only one in the universe who thinks this. I'm a little disappointed that it's it doesn't have Wear OS. Because look, Google's Wear OS has 80 million problems. I get it. I know, I know, I know. But I love being able to 
put what watch faces I want on there. And yeah, yeah. no matter how many watch faces this ships with, it's um, not going to be enough. But Michael, me. it's 160 bucks and you're not allowed. Okay. That's, that's how it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just, right. just deal with it. All right. Like, all right. Here's the thing that I love about like, I'm, and I'm anticipating I'm going to really love this watch is because yeah. with my Huawei, it's basically, I get great delivery of notifications. Since the original GT, they've really improved the software significantly. And the notifications are super nice now. And Ooh, you get good. exactly what you need. You get sleep tracking, 24-7 automatic. You never have to worry about it. If you take a nap, it counts. It's not like the Apple Watch where you have to set your starting and ending time. Oh, They're yeah. trying to get you on a regular schedule. I don't have a regular schedule. Screw you. I just want to sleep when I sleep. <laughs> and you should keep track of that. God damn it. Amen. So right so that does that it has continuous heart rate monitor and continuous blood oxygen level oh so yeah okay i'm not sure if the the oneplus watch will have all that but the huawei bands and by association the watch is built on the band you know architecture in terms of software and processing power right these these fitness bands on steroids mm -hmm. are very feature-packed but don't expect to run google maps on there you know what i'm saying like it doesn't exist it has gps but only for tracking your workouts and stuff yeah, and to be honest, I I think everyone goes to immediately to the app thing. It's like, oh, but what about apps? You don't need like, it. I I def definitely don't need apps. That's not why I like Wear OS. Again, it's I use one app. It's yeah. Facer. <laughs> I worked at Pebble, which was the poster child of apps on a watch. And I while I was there, I realized apps on a watch is stupid. Yeah, I mean Pebble was great for so many reasons. First, <laughs> though, right? You know, Pebble well, yeah. was Pebble got so much right other than apps. But yeah, I I think. If there's another thing I wish they had done, though, and this is this is OnePlus kind of streamlining and, and unifying around what they've termed burdenless design. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I don't know how you feel about it. I, I tend to think it's quite dull. I think the more burdenless they get, the more things start to look featureless, yeah. not distinctive. And it's like, oh, hey, is that a Galaxy Watch active on your wrist? Or more more um, precisely, I guess, an Oppo, an Oppo Watch R2 or x2 or whatever yeah. whatever that i was one gonna was. say this is just a rebranding of an oppo watch and exactly what i expected that's such yep i but see it's not i expected them to rebrand the oppo watch the real the, oh, you know, the square the, one the square the one. one and i was like ah, oh, well that'll be fun but a bummer that it's not you know um a bummer that it's not round instead they went with the oppo watch rx that's what it's called yeah I haven't yeah. given the op the oppo watch the android wear one enough credit it's the best android wear watch i've worn probably is ever it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it had a lot of bugs when the software was new, but they fixed a lot of it. Yeah. I don't like that it looks like an Apple Watch. I don't know why they decided to do that. Well, yes, I do, but I don't like well, it. Well, <laughs> okay. So that's, that's the problem. No, I don't like that it looks like an Apple Watch, but this is what I discovered, Michael, which is, was the, the epiphany I had. All the Android Wear watches I've worn were round. Yeah. And I like round watches better. So I was like, of course you want that. And then I used the Apple Watch. And I realized, no, Wear OS works way better on a square screen. It is a much it, better experience. It works experience. well on a square screen, for sure, yeah. And you can fit more text on it, no question And then about I was it. like, this is exactly what I've been missing all this time. I don't want this watch because <laughs> it looks like an Apple watch and it's got a square screen and I want a round watch, which is yeah. why I'm back to my, you know, fitness band on steroid made of sapphire and titanium right now. But <laughs> if I had to have Wear OS, absolutely the Apple watch. For the OnePlus watch. Uh, they're offering a Sapphire version, right? Because I like uh, Sapphire for the cover glass as well. It's limited edition I... Cobalt Alloy. Mm. Wait, and Cobalt for it... the casing, but what about the cover? Probably Gorilla Glass. The crystal, rather. Excuse me. i got to use my watch terms well, properly. Well, you know, it depends. Like this, this Huawei watch I wear also has a ceramic back. So it's, it's like, it's a Sapphire oh. ceramic titanium sandwich. 
See, now you're just showing off. Now I'm showing off. This drool, watch, <laughs> it's the, the watch has worn the best of all the watches I've worn in the mm. sense that it doesn't wear at all. Like there is no scratch or mark on this watch because ceramic, titanium, and sapphire. And you I beat correct. the crap out of it. So do I. I hit every door frame I pass by. It seems uh, that every door frame gets hit by every watch. And <laughs> every the watch. Apple Watch folk have a hard time with that because it shatters their watches every time. Oof. Uh, you are correct, by the way. The Cobalt Alloy Edition is the one with the sapphire glass. Oh, it has um, sapphire. Okay, cool. Yeah, and it's rated IP68 and 5 atmosphere. So that's good. All right. Yeah. Well, that's it for OnePlus stuff. I We need to switch gears. I want to quickly go over the Poco announcements because... There's some interesting tie-ins here with Qualcomm. So two phones, Poco F3 and Poco X3 Pro. And I got the specs here because I'm prepared because GSM Arena saves my life every day. <laughs> They're great at collecting specs. Look, the reality they is are. the F3 is a Redmi K40 rebranded. We mm -hmm. expected that with the tweaks from Poco and the launcher and stuff. So there's nothing too new. It's got a Snapdragon 870 in there, you know, and uh, we talked about it. It's a, it's a rebranded situation, right? Right, right. It's like the same as the uh, OnePlus 9R. And it's uh, it's cool. I mean, the thing, the only thing that makes me kind of scratch my head a little bit is that they went down from typically on these phones, Xiaomi's been putting 64 megapixel main sensors and it's a 48 f over 1.8. I don't care about the megapixels. It's just more like the zoom ability since you don't have an ultra uh, telephoto, right? Yeah. You can mm -hmm. zoom a little more with a 64 than a 48. And then it has a real macro with autofocus. It doesn't have a sticker cam for the macro, which is nice. The macro camera has autofocus. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like uh, a lot of the high, like the Mi 11 has that as well. Like a lot of the kind of higher end Xiaomi phones have a proper, it's just a five megapixel, but it's a proper autofocusing macro. Hmm. And then it has an AMOLED, which is really nice, 120 hertz. So, you know, that should be a nice phone. But the K40 is being covered you know, already. The new one here, the really new one, is the X3 Pro. Now, the Poco X3 NFC last year is a $250 phone that is incredible value. Until that Redmi Note 10 Pro that I mentioned earlier was the best value, I think, at that price point of any mm -hmm. manufacturer. And so they made a Pro version of it. And what distinguishes it from the previous one is a new chip from Qualcomm that Qualcomm themselves didn't even do PR about, called the Snapdragon 860 which, as you guessed it, is like a Snapdragon 855 plus rebranded. Right. Who was reporting on that? I looked this up So earlier. a two-year-old SOC. Yeah. But, I mean, doesn't this avoid a lot of the problems of comment, or not commenters, but potential customers immediately discarding a phone because its Snapdragon number is, is too old? It's a very good marketing ploy because there's a number of advantages. That's one advantage. The other advantage is that you're getting a phone with a chip that is actually very high performance. Yes. The third advantage is in these markets for these price points, 250 euros here for this phone, you don't care about 5G. No, So certainly. this chip doesn't even try to have 5G, right? Whereas the, the Poco F3 with the 870 is a 5G phone. This is basically a 4G version of that phone with a, still an 800 series chip in there that's going to whip any 700 series ass, right? Yeah. If this will stop one comment like of the one I complained about, then, I, then it's worth it. Yeah, I think it's a very prudent move on Qualcomm's part. And you're right. That's a lot of value for that. 
So yeah, so that's it. So basically we've covered three news items in one quick 10 minute, five minute, whatever it was, because <laughs> I, I wanted to talk basically about announcing the Poco F3 and X3 Pro right. and then the Qualcomm Snapdragon 860. Now the other big news this week is that Qualcomm is launching the Snapdragon 780G and that is the actual proper successor to the, the 765G last year, which came out alongside the 865. 765G was one of the underappreciated stars of last year. I mean, 100%. We found that in so many phones that were the like it the performed Nord. really well. It, yeah, it enabled 5G and it you didn't it, it didn't cost nearly as much, and so you could get a cheaper phone. Totally. Do you know that the Nord with the latest software updates on a 765G feels as fast as a OnePlus Nine? No, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, yeah. that that chip is a superstar superstar of a chip so this is successor 780g i don't have a lot of details here but i expect it to be the same kind of delta between the 865 and the 888 right mm -hmm. so uh it's a five nanometer chip which is big news for power consumption yes. and it's got a lot of features from the 888 distilled down like the 865 brought a lot of its feature down to the 765g last year so that's exciting that's super exciting it is exciting i want to keep an eye on thermals for that i don't run benchmarks but but some other folks do and they're very good at it and i i've just kind of become a little bit um gun shy about 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 power in these five nanometer chipsets because triple eight is five nanometer right yep yeah, and like even with all the thermals that the OnePlus Nine Pro has, um, all the thermal it's management, I, it, good, it, yeah. now it overheats um, a lot when I'm shooting in 4K. So does the S21, and you know, actually, I've heard from sources that I have uh -huh. that the reason for that is Qualcomm is giving a bit more free reign to the manufacturers in how they implement their cooling this time. Ah, I see. Well, it, that makes sense. And so they're optimizing for you know battery life a little more here, uh, I suppose. And hmm. so maybe we'll see the same on the 780G. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to stay tuned. Yeah. A couple of more items. We unfortunately have to wrap up real quick, but let's start with, well, the double folding phone thing. I mean, you're the folding <laughs> phone, you know, yes. like yeah, guru. Maven. So yes. Yes. This is good, right? Well, I, it's good in that... The, it, 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 a, if you're a Westworld fan, you might finally get your Westworld tablet that folds oh my God, three ways. Oh, thing just, just, oh my God. <laughs> just do yourself, even if you're not a fan uh, of the show, folks, Google Westworld tablet. Just How for can some you not be a fan of the show? Porn. I think if you watched season two and three, maybe, but season one, what a masterpiece. I don't know. I, I, that's controversial. I agree with you, but you got to start at the beginning. You can't just you halfway through like that. And don't let the other seasons, anyway, no, we, we have to go. But um, no, the that double folding thing, I mean- we need to have a podcast about Westworld, you and I. That's basically what we're well, talking I about. I would love that. Again, any excuse to rewatch that first season. Um, but, you know, any and this experimentation is so necessary in foldables because we've only be begun to scratch the surface of what they enable in terms of new use cases and how they make the experience of a phone new in useful ways. And this much surface area presented in, when it's open, like a more conventional 18 by 9 or 16 by 9 instead of the... 25 by 9 of the current Galaxy Fold 2. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that, yes, you're still making an Android tablet, and that kind of sucks to some degree, um, but it is, it's going to unlock several new ways to use your phone that becomes a massive tablet instead of becoming a small tablet. So that could be in really, really incredible stuff. And I think TCL also was Had working on something yeah. similar, a Z-shaped thing. Yeah, so... Um, too early to say. But and maybe we'll now it makes sense. They call it the Z Fold. I I thought <laughs> yeah. it should be the, you know, V Fold. Right. Finally, the brand makes sense, right? 
Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's it's so early now. We don't even know if it's real, real or not. But uh, I hope it's I hope it is, and I hope I get to play with it. I know you will. I will get it, all the news from you because they still haven't sent me a single foldable. <laughs> so. Well, remember they only sent out the early ones for like what a month, and then they took them all back. I had to I had to buy all the foldables. I'm yeah, gonna, you've bought except them for the right, Razor. Yeah. I still have the the Razors from Motorola. So. I still have my review unit of the Razer, the second one, the 5G, mm-hmm. uh, from AT&T. Thank you, AT&T, for letting me hang on to that. LG is dead in terms of uh, phones? What do you, how do you interpret this news here? I, you know, I wish that I could say that I'm hopeful about it, but... But it, you're not. It, it, no, I mean, doing wind phones were fun. Who doing is? the throwback series has, has, all, has given me so much, like added memory because I have to research every old brand and a lot of them are no longer making phones and it always goes this way. There's rumors. They're not doing well. There's rumors they might spin it off. They might shut it down. They deny the rumors for a while, but all the while they really are shopping it around to either spin it off or shut it down. And that this just smells of, of, of the truth. There's too much smoke here for there not to be fire, right? A hundred percent. And it's very sad. Like it is. I know a lot of you folks listening right now, especially in other markets, I don't even care. And because, you know, LG was a more significant brand in you know, some parts of Asia, like Korea, obviously, and in the US, and I think less so in Europe, but to some extent. But I don't think they were ever big in India and stuff, right? So I don't know. They were so huge here. So my, my point is you don't you probably don't have that historical baggage that we have, that nostalgia about when LG used to rule in terms of innovation. Remember innovation that? Innovation is the, right. You know, let's let's go through a few like as I kind of like a, maybe a, a swan song oh. uh, for me would be let's start back going going backwards. The LG Wing, right? So, oh, they I still use that around the house now for yeah. I love the LG Wing. So the LG Wing, if that's the last one we get, it's a nice way to end. It is. Before that, phones that stand out for me, of course G-Flex. The, G-flex. The G-Flex, the oh. G4 with its incredibly fast F of 1.7 or 1.6 or whatever it was lens at the time. Not to mention a dope leather back. Uh, dope leather back. And then the G6, the first ultra-wide phone. Uh, G5 was the first ultra-wide. No, G5, you're right. The G5 is first ultra-wide. But the G6 is the first one to do it right. <laughs> exactly. And the G6 is the first one to do 16, no, 18 by 9. It did the complete two, two to one aspect ratio. Oh, yeah, right. It felt so tall. It felt so tall, but it was such a tank. It was like mil spec. And, and it oh. changed everything. Look, everyone is doing it now, uh, even yep. more than that, right? Yep. They give everybody else permission to have a much wider aspect ratio screen. Also, first camera to do, um, uh, excuse me, first phone to use the same resolution for its primary and wide angle uh, sensors or, or cameras. Yes. Um, so many yeah. first. The G2, was, the, was it the G2 that was the first quad HD phone? Uh, I don't or know. Or G3. Everybody one loved of those the G2. Two. I think it was the G3. That was a really high resolution panel. G2 was the first one to put the buttons on the back, which was yep. quite cool ergonomically. And then the Optimus G, which was yep. the first G. At the time I was at Engadget, LG flew us all the way to Seoul and gave us the lowdown. And mm. I had no idea how cool LG was until then. <laughs> well, surely you did, because surely you carried some of their dumb phones back in the day, some of their feature phones that just well, owned. Yeah, no, but I'm talking to, in terms of Android. Like, I didn't yeah. realize that they were basically on the heels of Samsung until mm-hmm. that, that moment. And so th- there you go. There's money well spent, LG, on whining and dining some journalists, because you made us a lot of us realize, wow, LG has a lot of innovation going on. I mean, I will just always remember the CES press events, all the stuff for the G Flex. And watching this company say, not only are we releasing a, a curved phone, 
not only are we releasing a phone that you can literally just do a, a wrestling move on and stomp on and it'll flex back into place, but it also has a coating on it that heals its own scratches. And it also has a really high-end processor and the same cameras we're putting in our flagships. And like, you know, this company for a while was just throwing stuff out there that was so ambitious, you couldn't help but take notice. And I miss that LG so much. Yeah, me too. It's too bad they've struggled so much, but... It's like it Nokia, right, back in the day. It's like they kind of sat on their laurels, I feel like. They didn't really like, well, you know, the G6 yeah. feel to me like the last phone they did where they really innovated. And that's what, like four years ago now. Well, but don't forget. I mean, they, they also pioneered this idea of this dual screen smartphone. Those Some of those docks yes. got really great with the, like the Velvet. And people say the V60, but I think that thing was just too much of a tank. But the Velvet, the Velvet. beautiful phone, yeah. beautiful dock for it. I'm looking at it. It's right here. You know, before the Duo, before Microsoft came on the scene with hardware that was, wow, just stunning. Um, this, this was a really good compromise and a really good exploration of a new concept. And it's such a shame to me that we may never see the the rollable. And I didn't mean to jump ahead in the rundown. I forgot you had it on there. <laughs> no, no, I don't have it on there anyway. But I mean, the rollable, yeah, look, the reality is if they're going to shut down, then we're not going to get it. It's going to no. be the first rollable is going to be Oppo, basically. Yep. And LG made missteps. You know, we, I, I feel like that never took the software update situation seriously enough. And their software itself is not very good or wasn't very good for a very long time. And But, you know, I think people who people are really going to miss them. Those audiophiles who love that quad deck and their stubborn stick-to-itiveness with the headphone oh. jack. Right? I mean. You know, and now we have that. We have like the OnePlus 9 and 9 Pro have that incredibly good Qualcomm DAC in there. If you want to list with analog. Yeah, like you still if you want to go through an analog dongle through the USB-C port, it's impressive. Still got to dongle it, though. You know, those hardcore, the hardcore, hardcore. You don't do yeah. that anymore. You don't do that anymore. I get it. Yeah. Well, Michael, we should wrap it up. So do you want to tell folks where they can find you on the awesome intranets? Of course. Yeah, I'm at the Mr. Mobile. It's T-H-E-M-R-M-O-B-I-L-E. That's mostly YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. But that's, that's where I'm at. And thank you, that's everyone, right. for uh, putting up with my um, inflexibility. And uh, increasing uh, specialization uh, with regard to phones that no one can afford and very few people can even touch. It's weird, but I'm into it. I mean, somebody needs to cover it. And I yeah. think you, you I don't, it doesn't feel to me like it's all that you do. You got all the, the classic old phones you're reviewing right now. Yeah, you know? I'm really having so. fun with those. And, and watches too. I cover every smartwatch I can. can. So, yeah. yeah. And folks, you know where to find me. I'm at Tanker on Twitter and Instagram. That's T-N-K-G-R-L, like the comic book character, drop the vowels. If you want to discuss this podcast, speak to me and Michael on Twitter. If you want to look at pretty pictures of phones or pictures taken with phones, go to my Instagram. That's where it's at. There's two YouTube channels you should uh, subscribe to for this podcast, related to this podcast, youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast. It's the main channel where you get a lot of unboxings and, you know, hands-on and kind of stuff. Sometimes some reviews, but basically I want to give you visuals to go alongside this show and that's where I do it. The other channel is a new channel and please subscribe. We were trying to get to the level where we can get monetized. So it's youtube.com slash mobile tech more and we're building up content for that one. It's probably going to be like smart home and all the weird accessories we get pitched that are cool and a lot of them are related to us using them in the van because we have a Volkswagen camper and sometimes you do road trips. So it's that kind of stuff. It's kind of peripheral mobile but not like the 
the main like bread and butter mobile, right? Please subscribe. And of course, the podcast lives at mobiletechpodcast.com. If you want, you can subscribe on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Spotify, pretty much everywhere good podcasts are found. So if you followed us here today because of Michael and you want to subscribe, please do it. And if your app lets you rate or review the show, please consider doing that so that it helps with uh, people discovering the podcast. Hopefully you give us a good review. And then there's a PayPal link. Well, it's a link to my tankgirl.com domain that then redirects to PayPal link for donations. So if you can donate, if you want to donate, we'd, I'd appreciate it. It'd be great. Please donate. We can keep going the show on a regular weekly basis. And finally, I want to thank our sponsor, Audible. Audible.com has been with the show since the early days, and we have a deal, 30-day free trial if you haven't started using Audible yet and you want to get a deal. That's it. You also get to keep a book at the end of the deal, which is nice. And you can try out this incredible platform for audiobooks. If you love to read as much as I do, you maybe are, your eyes are tired or you're driving a delivery vehicle all day and you need to keep your eyes on the road, Check out Audible because you can listen to these epic books read to you for hours on end. You can take breaks like putting a book down and resuming it later. It's really fun. So check it out. AudibleTrial.com slash mobile tech is the URL. That's AudibleTrial.com slash mobile tech. I love that, you know, a lot of their books are read by the authors, which is kind of cool. So yeah, check out Audible. They're our sponsor and they do great stuff. If you're a bookworm, you ought to have an Audible account audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. And I want to thank them again for being with us since the early days. And Michael, thank you for being on the show yet again. Miriam, thank you for having me. I do listen every week because I do a lot of filming and podcasts are a great time for that. So thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's always fun to hang out with you virtually or otherwise. Yeah, well, we'll definitely have you back on. And of course, folks, we'll have another show next week. So stay tuned for that. Until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.